It's episode 340 of the Girls Gone Wild podcast. We have a new sponsor. This week, the Girls Gone Wild podcast is sponsored by Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks is, say that three times fast, Blue Blocks, Blue Blocks, Blue Blocks, Blue Blocks. <laughs> blue Blocks are blue light blocking glasses. You've heard all about them, I'm sure. I'm going to read off the following benefits, like JVN would read them. You will have, after just one use, more energy, better sleep, deeper sleep, more dreams, less headaches, feelings of calm, relaxed, less eye strain, less headaches, less insomnia, less anxiety, less low mood, happy, positive, and balanced hormones. How did I do? Okay, cool. So you can support the podcast by supporting our new great sponsor, Blue Box. They were created for three specific lenses, daytime, nighttime, and for color therapy. So what I love about this product especially is that they're made under optics laboratory conditions in Australia, and they're shipped all over the world. They have custom prescription, a huge selection of frames, and you can even send in your own frames and they'll customize it for you. Blue Blocks are also the only blue light glasses company who has a charity partnership. They partner with Restoring Vision and they have a buy one, get one campaign. So for each pair of Blue Blocks they sell, they'll donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who then gives it to someone in need. They have a great mission. We love partnering with people who have good hearts and they definitely are great people. So you can support the podcast by supporting our great new sponsor, Blue Blocks. You can get 15% off today with free shipping by going to blueblocks.com forward slash GGW and enter code GGW. That's blueblocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com forward slash GGW enter code GGW. Thank you so much for choosing to support our great podcast. We love you. This week, Emily Schramm is back on the show. We love Emily. We recorded this episode in the House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. We jumped right into catching up with one of our favorite guests. It's so cool to watch people grow their businesses. Emily is such a genius and she has such great ideas and she puts them out into the world and creates great things. It's so cool to watch. We just love her. She's done so much over the years. So we catch up and we have a lot to catch up on on this episode. Someone asked me the other day, hey, is Emily really as great as she seems? I'm like, yes, she's great. She's amazing. I just think it's really funny because definitely social media, people can have certain perceptions and you can make judgments about what their life may be like. No, Emily is true blue amazing. Just has such a great heart. We had a wonderful chat with her and just someone you really can with on, at least for me, on a very spiritual level, because she's just so genuine and so real and just kind of like constantly on that mission to self-improvement. And I just really find that inspiring. We also pick animal cards, like tarot cards during this episode. And we even got Claire to pick one and we talk about our spirit animals. So um, get ready for that. All right. So here's the episode with Emily Schramm. I love that you found them. I know. Ready to go. Cat found me. Should we close the door? Oh, you're going to do that. Thanks, Kat. Thanks, Kat. Okay, here we are in this fancy schmancy studio. It's early on a Sunday, Sunday, Saturday morning. (laughs) That's how early it is. (laughs) It's true. What time do you get up in the morning usually? Uh, It so depends on the day. Uh, You know, I just got back from Japan and that threw me off hard. Like... You feel real bad about yourself when you're jet lagged. Jet lag is real. Oh, it is so real. <laughs> but I usually, I'm pretty good at um, 
it I really do work with the sun. That took so long to get to the point yeah. where I like as soon as I see a little sun, I'm up. Yeah. But that means that it's winter now, which I'm not yeah. I'm ready for the cold and the snow, but I'm not ready for the no. lack of sunshine. I, yeah. I mm-hmm. definitely feel like I can one hundred percent handle cold and snow. The dark is the problem. Especially how early it it yeah. goes away. You're mm-hmm. like, oh wow, you really got to make the most of. These and then daylight savings hours. time is in like yeah. two weeks, and then yeah. it just gets worse. What are your thoughts on getting rid of it? I am for it. Yeah, I'm against daylight savings time. I am for getting rid of it. What is the origin again? Okay, so the apparently urban legend about daylight savings time is that it was for farmers. But I I've heard that's an urban legend, and actually, it's like an economic thing because farmers mm-hmm. don't give a crap what time it is. They, they really just don't get up. They're I think up it all is the time. An economic thing, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. it's like if it's if it's lighter later in the spring, then people are like going to go spend more money. So essentially, they need to make a time for Instagram social media people. Yes, that's why daylight <laughs> savings is still around. Like it's, we need uh, to like not it, have it because Instagram it doesn't matter. Yeah, little do you, do we know that Mark Zuckerberg is the number one lobbyist behind keeping oh he daylight is? savings. No, <laughs> starting a conspiracy theory right now. <laughs> and go. I love it. Well, yeah. I actually was just that triggered something for me because I am fascinated by sleep. I think you know. Wait, you're fascinated by sleep. sleep like yes. in what way? Like <laughs> the like, why do we actually need it? Okay, mm-hmm. Which I is, think about that often. And this quite is frankly. the same thing as kind of daylight savings is that when you look at uh, people that are warm blooded, really, how many calories would you have to eat if you didn't sleep? And that is maybe the strongest theory for why we actually still sleep. And also, isn't it's like how your brain, <laughs> like. Regenerates and gener- it, yeah, it, because it's not just about like energy out, energy and energy out. Like your brain needs a break. Your brain does need a break. But then you think about dreaming, and your brain is actually more awake when you sleep. But it's a different type of awake. It is a different type of I feel awake. Like we need a scientist like, in this room right now. Okay, <laughs> here's a fun fact. So my my mom works for this company that air is like a reseller for this company that um, makes an app that can test how alert you are. And it's for like shift workers. And so rather than like drug testing them or, you know, whatever, like a drug mm-hmm. test only captures certain things. This also captures if you're too tired to be effective at work. And so she does all, all this, reads all this research about mm. fatigue yeah, and about like your brain and how, you know, the optimal you have to have. If you're going to get sleep, it kind of has to be at least three hours. Otherwise, like the REM cycle doesn't happen. So right. you go through these phases of every 90 minutes, you hit REM and it, the longer you're in it without waking up, the REM gets deeper and deeper and yeah. deeper. Hence why like you wake up in the middle of a REM and you're like, oh, I feel worse. I slept so many hours, but it was like right in the middle and you feel groggy and feel weird. groggy. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, I'm a big fan of sleep, but I just think it's fascinating to think of why we originally needed it. I remember reading this article years ago about um, the the con- like the base of the premise was about like genetically engineering your kids. But the example that they use. <laughs> Sounds really weird. Yeah. But like, right. If you, because yeah. they, they can do that. They're, they can do, do gene selection for. Um, or, or placenta, right? Can't they? No. Well, so I'm talking about like embryos and they oh. do that for, if you have like a genetic, um, you know, like a disease that's genetic or something, they can they can test the genome of the embryo before they implant it to make sure you're not passing along that disease. And they so and that of course then opens this whole can of worms because it's like if you can test the genome, you can really test for anything. You can select for eye color. Like this is the whole thing. Right. This is people are worried about this. And one of the things they were saying was like 
can we break it down to the point where we understand epigenetics so much that we can basically breed out the the, the need to mm. sleep? At which point you are creating like an entirely new class of humans who basically don't need robots. to sleep. Yeah. And it's like for military, like think about like the military implications of that. Think about like the workforce implications of that. And it was like the example they gave was, you know, imagine that you as, as like a mom decide, oh, I don't want to do that to my, like, I want to just, you know, go through the the process naturally. But most of the other people, you know, do now your kid grows up there in college, all their friends are joking about how like, I don't, I wish we could just get rid of the the bed in my dorm room. I don't even use it. They can study around the clock. You know, they're involved in all these other things. Like it just like, if we had that, you know, eight hours extra every day, it's, it's significant. community would shift a lot. Oh, so much. And I think it's interesting too, because actual physical labor isn't as required anymore with the way totally. digital tech is. I mean, that's what, 80% of new jobs? Like you think of it that way and how many people are being replaced, but then how effective and efficient we are becoming. That That's ultimately what technology does, makes a single human more effective and efficient. And then you think like, well, what do we do with all this time? Right. <laughs> right. What are we doing now that like we can just Skype someone instead of having to like walk for weeks to get to their house to have a conversation with them. I know grocery right. stores. People, haven't you noticed? Like, who goes to grocery stores in five years? I think that grocery stores are going to become significantly less. Or like going to the mall. Yeah, it's yeah, so malls sad. Are gone. Whenever oh. I go to the mall, I get really depressed because I'm like, yeah. what's happening? It is. It's so... gone. It's so empty. Like the just the idea of going to shop and the experience of going to shop and like walking around and just kind of being having it be like a leisurely thing is gone. It's cra- it's like you're in a zombie movie. You know, it's, you're like it's exactly like totally. you're in a zombie movie. And you also think while I'm in there, I'm thinking, what could I, I could I find a better deal online? Yes, it's so sad. <laughs> totally, <laughs> I know. And my what's going to happen to the mall walkers, you guys? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I forgot about the mall walkers. That's my so- in-laws are wa- mall walkers. They Where need a they place go? to walk. I feel like yeah. that is like the title of an episode of, of Walking Dead, Mall Walkers. <laughs> yeah. uh, They're well, going to attack. They're going to get really yeah, mad. and I like white walkers, but I know upper is- middle class. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is such a like bizarre intro so i appreciate you guys going this way <laughs> for but sure I, I also feel like it's so when i think of my best moments growing up as a kid it was always doing chores with my mom mm-hmm. or dad right i thought you were gonna say it was always at the mall no i hate mm-hmm. the mall but <laughs> i will say that that was that's something that really bothers me is that we're becoming so effective with our time but at the same time, what we fill our time with is mm-hmm. just more technology, TV, and less talking. So there's an allure to being very efficient. Mm-hmm. So what is that about? Because do you find yourself falling into like getting more done in a shorter amount of time feels really satisfying? And I would also like to add to that question, do you think that we as like a culture are becoming intolerant to the process of having to take time to learn something? Yes, Very much so. So, for example, my brain went two ways. My mom's an eighth grade math teacher. I don't think those eighth graders more and more realize the importance of it because they don't need to. They have a calculator. They have their phone. Everyone was like growing up, like, you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket. Like, I do, in fact, have a supercomputer in my pocket. Exactly. You can Google anything, Siri anything. You do not have to look for answers. um, Or you only have to look for answers. You do not have to solve for problems. And I think that's changing the way we are being very 
it's almost depressing because we don't have to use a part of our brain that is the most important part of our brain as humans. Because I think as humans, we are meant to become more efficient. That's ultimately what we like. Look at our society, right? Look at the last 20 years, 200 years. Even if you get into like, why are we existing extraterrestrial? Maybe they put us here. So we solve problems for them. You know, all the theories about like, we are just naturally inclined to be like, ah, I could do this better. I could do this better. And we see it in our own lives. But we see it really when you look like at a big lens, big eye lev- level, that's what humans have done since we've existed. Mm-hmm. So then I'm thinking, okay, well, where does that line cross with me personally? Because we need mm-hmm. that evolution. We need that change in how we adapt to things because we need we have so many problems that we need to fix with the technology that we're about to hopefully soon figure out. But at the same time, it's like, oh my God, I miss thinking. I miss white space. Yeah. And the I, white space, I uh, really miss it. I miss it too. And mm-hmm. Bill, I was there's a great documentary on Bill Gates on Netflix right mm-hmm. now. I haven't seen it yet, but I know what you're talking about. So mm-hmm. great. And he does a think week. And I'm just obsessed with this idea that you have so much time processing. And everyone has been talking about this of saying you are processing, 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 downloading every single time you're on your social media, every single time you're looking at emails, all you're doing is taking in information and reacting. And there's so much power in saying, one, I need to take less information in. And that's, this goes for me for self-help books. I can't even read them. I have no, you know, I'm sure they're all great. But I, at some point, you have to learn, like, if I'm taking in all this information, when am I going to have time to say, oh, this is actually what I like. This is actually what I want. Yeah, this I was, is my I was talking journey. about this before where I'm like, I fill my head with so many other people's of other people's voices, mm-hmm. either through podcasts or books or whatever. And I don't hear my own voice anymore. And so yes. I think that's a really important point you just and brought I, up. I think like the self I think the self-help culture is like an entirely other, you know, additional conversation too around the people who basically all they do is just regurgitate other people's self-help advice. And then like they themselves are like, I'm a self-help guru, like cough, cough, Rachel Hollis, cough, cough. And um, (laughs) I feel like so much of that, like, it's like you don't have the life experiences to know this stuff. Exactly. I have had this huge epiphany recently where I'm like, why? You know, sometimes when things trigger me, posts photos, whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. I really am like, okay, you're triggered, but that's because something and it bothers you, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is representing something that you are afraid you're also. And that's something that's been been really powerful. Like, oh, why did that get under my skin? Let's that's think the, about it. You spot it, you got it. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Article. I haven't even Martha, heard that. So Martha Beck wrote an article probably <gasps> 15 years ago and it's called You Spot It, You Got It. And I always reference it because Perfect. if you spot it, you have it somewhere within you. For sure. And you easily just want to throw it back, but it really forces you to be like, you just sit in it. Whatever bugs you, you have it as well. You yes. got to like turn the mirror on yourself. This happened because I hired a business coach. I took the leap and I'm like, maybe I do need some help. And I'm like, never mind that was a bad idea (laughs) because I was like and at first it took me a long time to process it because I'm like why did that trigger me and I'm like well it's so easy to be like well this they said this 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 and that's just not who I want to be and I'm like well why do I not want to be that maybe I feel like I maybe am already that and I feel like what happens is that with self-help why does there have to be a period at the end of every sentence when it comes to books? There's like this sense of completion that has to happen with these oh, books. Oh, totally. Like, here's the end of the rainbow. But they're not even yeah. there. No, and that's the thing is it's like, how could you know this? Are you are you like 
sitting on your deathbed looking back of like this life well lived. No, you're like this 35 year old living in California. And they have to have completion in order for this book to be published in the way that typical books are. But this is the this is what's so frustrating is like these people, whether it was past lives, whether it was, you know, life lessons they got at a very early age or whatever it might be, they don't even know how they got to that level. Mm -hmm. And so it's so what it's doing by saying this is the end story or this is the goal is you naturally have to say you are lacking something because I have an end goal that you should get. That's how I'm going to sell this book. So that's marketing 101, right? You have to say you're missing something. Right. What's the pain point? Let me Let me fill it for you. Where I'm like, you don't, I mean, why don't we just say we're all in this shit show that we don't know what we're doing? And we actually haven't figured out an answer, but you can write about it, but stop saying. And I see this in posts in the smallest level. I think Instagram is the best example of like, we're in the cycle. And so we share our story before we're actually out of it because we are using it as a way to validate those feelings. Yeah. And I feel like it would be so helpful if we could get to a place where it'd be like, hey, we all have these unique experiences. And yes, we can all learn from each other's unique experiences. So let's just throw our experiences into a pile and like, you know, hey, let me learn from the the things that you've gone through, but mm-hmm. don't pretend like you now have all the answers. For sure. And I think that's the same on Instagram. Like it drives me crazy when I see a post of somebody who's really struggling with something and at the end they're like, but I know it's going to all be okay. And I know, you know, I'm grateful for this, that, and the other. And it's like, you don't have to tie it up in a bow. Just exactly. put it out there and be like, this is what I'm struggling with. And I don't have the answer. Word vomit. Yeah. More word vomit would do Instagram a really good yeah, a favor. Mm-hmm. Intelligent word. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, and I, and, and there's that line, you know, we always talk about. I know, like, it's Brene Brown who talks about, like, don't. Um, it's uncomfortable to share your your stuff while you're in it, mm-hmm. and like, it's <laughs> uncomfortable for the audience to right, hear it. That's so what it's I mean. like when because vulnerability became this very big buzzword when she came out with all of her studies and she kind of became the pop psychologist of the day, which she's amazing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people will. <laughs> glob onto that and then all of a sudden the word vulnerability just became way overused oversharing oversharing and a lot of people I think took that and it's like I'm just being vulnerable but what she really defines it as is vulnerability is sharing it with people who deserve to hear it yes and also when you're feeling like you can talk about it in a way that doesn't make you feel icky uncomfortable because then you know, being vulnerable doesn't mean I'm just going to throw everything out there and everyone needs to hear it. That's not vulnerability. Yeah. That's really kind of like this That's icky oversharing. Right. Like what's the line between that vulnerability and mm-hmm. that help in a, in a helpful way versus oversharing where people are just like, okay. Yeah. Cool. And, I, and I think that we talk about this a lot, like when we're talking about it on the show is like, we're not going to share things that we're still in and we're still trying yeah. to figure yes. out. There's always something about like after the fact to kind of say, I can talk about this with some distance, For with sure. like a good arm's length distance where I have a little bit more of that 2020 vision. And that's when I think it's helpful for people. Because if you're in it, what are you looking for while you share it? I think it's important to be like, yeah, I'm going through this, but I, if I, as a human have a platform i'm going to have to say it with a spin of of happiness or joy or i'm going to get through it or i have to be inspiring and i love this came up and i wanted to mention this for you guys what is like maybe the simplest answer to this is that we no longer do anything to be inspiring we only do what comes to us what calls us what feels good and if it's inspiring 
that is the that is the aftermath of just being you. But what happens is when we choose to say, I want to be inspiring, inspiring is my intention. Mm-hmm. I think this is the problem. I think about this all the time. And I'm so glad you brought this up because this is very confusing now that we have a we have a constant audience. Whether or not you have a big platform or a smaller platform, we have the option to have an audience. Correct. And I didn't grow up that way. And Correct. so I think that's something where it's like, it's very confusing because then you have to constantly question your intentions around everything that you do and you have to be more mindful. So when you're going out and doing something like we've talked about this before, just kind of like we've taken a break from social media at times or like backed off of stories because we're like, why are we walking into a room thinking what's going to be the best story that we can produce here yes. as opposed to like what where's my voice in all of this? Ugh. And that gets really muddy. It does. Well, I think how do like, you find that balance? How do you do it? I literally I just did a post about this saying you. You, your Instagram or your brand or your business is not a reality TV show. And I feel so turned off by this whole thing. Like, I, you know, I'm always, I think you guys are too. What do I like? What do I not like? What do I want to do? What do I, what do I want to keep doing? And I think what's interesting is that we have crossed the line of, it is so resemblant of, I don't even know if that's the right word, right? It's fine. I like that word. <laughs> resemble it. It's resembles being on a production studio, being on a this is my life and I have to share every story, the good, the bad, the ugly. And but at the same time, there's editing. So we have the real right. Re, the filming of three months of just the nitty gritty, dirty filming all the time. And then post-production where it's like, what do I want to keep? What do I want to share? It is What's going to be the most like tasty thing for people to exactly? Digest. So then, when you and when I look at like how my experience on reality TV shaped me, what it did is it made me hyper aware of everything. And I've always been very observant and always kind of like like I don't miss a, anything. Like I can yeah. feel people when they walk in the totally. room. I won't remember your name, but I'll remember what you like your aura felt like. Sure, how your hug felt. You know, there's yeah, like super sensitive to that. So yeah. sensitive. And so what's interesting is when you. You look at that and you start to define it and you start to make storylines out of it and then you start to identify with it all of a sudden your identity is every second of every day and you are saying like if I don't if I'm not on right now my identity is going to be broken or I'm not going to have it defined or I'm going to have this issue with who I am in the world and now all of a sudden I don't even know who I am in the, in the world and so we have all these people with great ideas and passion and more posts than ever but at the I think they're more empty and more sad because yes. they're so searching for an identity that ultimately isn't necessary it's it's a made up identity it's this identity other people are putting out to the world that's just like reality TV yeah or what's going to sell as and opposed like, to that genuine just so who it's you kind are of like right. so the outcome needs to be what's going to sell, not the outcome of what do I really want in my heart? So coming from the place where you've you've experienced it on the extreme, how do you then take that and say, I need to kind of find my own voice? How do you do that? Mm, How do you do that in, in, okay, let's just start with like the reality TV scenario. Yeah. How do you do that in your own head? That was hard. That was really hard because you have to, so reality TV is the most bizarre experience. And the whole time I was there, I had no, I mean, I didn't even watch reality TV. So I know we grew up very similar, like that stuff was blocked. So it Mm -hmm. was like, how do I know what this is going to be? And people would say, they're going to put you in a personality and just be careful. And th- there's so many people that were just like a lot of coaching coach. Oh my, I'm like, guys, I don't even know what I'm getting into. I just said yes. And let me just do this. I don't right. feel like if you had 
had watched a lot of I mean, not even like reality TV was a thing when it we were growing up, but would you have still agreed to do it if you knew what you're getting yourself into? Yes, but it would have ruined the experience because oh, it would have changed who I was. I would have d- become a different person. I would have been too worried. I would have been too, you know, walking on show. Like I would have known this is the personality that I'm trying to be instead right, of just which being, is like what we're all doing with our Instagram. Yes, now, right. We're like <laughs> yes. trying to produce our lives instead of living. Correct. Them. So it was so I felt so blessed that that was what, that the sequence of events for me because I just showed up and everyone had you know memorized the the intro. I'm like, what? What do you guys? You guys watch this? They're like, yeah, I've watched this since I was seven. I'm like. What? This has been around since you were seven? This is crazy. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. So it was so interesting to be this kind of, you know, innocent bystander. But at the time, I thought I was flawed. I was like, I'm missing out on something. But what in turn allowed me to kind of go through my own evolutions that I didn't force. Mm -hmm. And so it was just me being me, being very clueless of what was going to be post-production, but still having a lot of like, I have no idea if this is right. So a lot of doubt and a lot of questioning of like, Oh my God, am I going to regret everything? <laughs> am I, did I just ruin the rest of my life with some of these situations? So you just don't know until you go through it. But it ended up okay. It ended up really okay. And yeah. so it was kind of like the more you are just you and don't think about the what it's going to, the outcome, that it's just a lesson that keeps coming every time I go through something. I feel like we experience that a lot and I experience that a lot. Anytime that I share something on social, my own personal social media or like, some of the episodes that we've done where we felt like that no one's going to like no one's going to like that mm-hmm. the ones that we think about not necessarily the least but like that we don't go into with an agenda tend to be the ones that have the best reaction mm-hmm. or the times that I go on social media and I'm just like put something out there and I'm like eh I don't really know like I'm just going to put this out there that those get the yes. the best responses because they're not curated exactly and that's how I ultimately what to answer your question joy it was like yeah that's that's how I operate. That's my balance at this time and place. And it's just saying, and it's really been a lot of process to get there because there has been businesses created where brands had to exist. But I refuse to say I'm a brand. I Emily is not a brand. Who I am is not a brand. And my social media will never reflect a brand. And there's been so many times where you start to think, well, should I maybe try a little harder? Should I start to curate this? Should I have some sort of system? And instantly, the thing that drops in is like, don't you fucking dare. Yeah, like, like you, you do feel that, it in your uh, bones. And, yeah. and you might be able to do it for a day or a week or there's people that I see try and attempt and there's sometimes where you're like looking at other social media accounts like damn that worked that looks great Right. that is not me. Mm-hmm. I am messy and random and I am sometimes cool and sometimes I'm a shit show so it's like I think that the more I'm like forcing the content what what you said Claire of yes that stuff is so energetically tied to forcing a content and people are going to feel it and I I think it's more of like they're not seeing the posts and the you know kind of like I think it's just an energy I think it's Mm -hmm. an energy that gets transferred and people know or they don't know and there's no changing it and the right people see it and the right the wrong people don't exactly I was just gonna say that because I think about like you had to be okay back to the reality show days you had to be okay I guess or maybe just come to peace or let go of the image that they curated for you Mm. you didn't have a lot of control I'm guessing over that oh no and so (laughs) so now 
so now you you've had that experience and you've had to kind of let go because really at the end of the day it's what other people I'm doing air quotes like what other people think of you yes right like that's the image is they're doing this for other people to have this buy-in to have this show that everyone wants to watch and it's dramatic or what have you yeah and now you're at a place where you're like how do I find my own voice and how what do I want to put out at the end of the day that's real and true to my heart and it, it sounds like kind of a crash course in what a lot of people end up going through with social media where they try to do their own thing and they, or they try to curate their image and then after years they finally realize like this is not working and this I isn't have to me just, this isn't me and I have to just let go and be at peace with who people are going to see they're going to like overlay their own stories onto my crap and like that's fine if I'm going to put it out there I have to be okay with that Yeah, but it's like I think it takes most people a long time to get there, whereas that's where you had to start. Well, you have two voices in your head all the time, right? You have the Gary V's or the Jenna Kutcher's yeah. constantly saying, like, do it this way, filter oh, yeah, this yeah, way, yeah, yeah. right? And so you're seeing things that work and you're seeing people respond well to it. And we are dopamine brains. We love to see that. So it's it's so okay and so human in a good way to want to be able to relate to more people, to grow something. And so I think it, there's that side of it. But on the other side, I'm like, I re- just refuse to be a robot. Instagram, I mean, it is your intention. Is is your Instagram a business or is your Instagram you? And I don't like when people cross the two because, mm-hmm. and that's why I've instantly, you know, as soon as I was able to, every single social media account that was not Emily Schramm, that was a business or something, a project, it was hand it off to somebody else. This is what I like. This is what I love. I want you to help me do this because it would kill me to be able to to say like, oh, maybe I should be a little bit business and brand. And when it feels good, when it's something I'm excited about, I share it. But if I if I put too much pressure and that, I mean, it's it, it would be wrong of me to say that I was just magically through reality tv was myself and just be be you and there (laughs) was a lot so authentic yeah there was so many times where i was just every show as vulnerable uh as i think people see me as as kind of open and this is who i am um there's so many times where being in a situation like that knowing you're filmed you shut pieces off of you because it's too hard to get oh yeah oh yeah it's i'm so sensitive i mean i'm not kidding like hypersensitive so to be able to say that I was fooling myself open honest knowing that on the flip side there was going to be post-production and then there was going to be people that commented that they liked you and they hated you all in one breath that that is such a traumatic thing to put um on a 20 year old and that's what happens I mean reality tv has shaped these the people that are on it you see it I, there should be stories of these people shaping who they are because they know in the flip side what will happen. And so it does shut off a lot of pieces. And so the work that I've done the last two years is like find those pieces again, Mm because I really had to like shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Yeah, because that's something, too, that you're that's a protective and that's also that's a boundary. That's a personal boundary you're Mm -hmm. putting on yourself because you're even with those boundaries, people are still going to comment on the pieces you do feel okay sharing. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that goes back to what we were saying, like, you know, you don't always put everything out there and on social media, like, you know, you give people who deserve to hear at your story and, you you know, within the podcast, like everything everything all of us do, we aren't telling 100% of the story. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that like, probably none of us tell anyone else. Totally. And you know, you have your inner circles and then as it gets wider. And I think that that's 
something that is weirdly being blurred where people think like, well, I just have to share everything. And then they get totally traumatized by people reacting. And they're like, well, again, well, I was just trying to be vulnerable. I was just trying to be open. And it is, you know, like sometimes you have to learn the hard way. But like that's the that's the bound, you know, that's the. And then they wonder why they're adrenally effed up. Right. They wonder why they're like losing sleep every time they post on Instagram. Yes. It's and it's, you know, why am I so tired? Why am I so drained? I look at your social media and your stories. There's 20 dots. Like, oh you know, my gosh, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, Stop what are you it. doing all day? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, put yeah. your phone down. You, because we are energetic humans. We want to help. We are empaths. Most of these people that are struggling with this, like, I find adrenal dysfunction and highly sensitive people are so intertwined. For mm. sure. Right. So you're looking at people that are trying to help others, but then they are so blinded that the boundary is like oh i didn't realize that me constantly giving this is an energy exchange and so it's give 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 well what are you getting back you're getting back questions you're getting back opportunities to sell your business which might be good at first because you're like oh now i can get compensated and passion to paycheck but then at the same time you're literally getting like digging yourself into a hole now you're the guru quote unquote that is trying to help people while you're also broken and so it's how easily we can get into that and i got it the boundary thing is so important and this is a simple trick that hopefully might help somebody where i was like you know probably two years ago really just dead burnt out on instagram i mean i was like this is a joke this and this is where i really had to like okay where am i still putting energy into these business accounts that i can cut off and hand it off to someone someone else completely like really starting to see that sure but then i realized it was just a matter of when i posted it was sharing the things that were really raw and honest i was sharing to people that could really give a fuck or could really not like right. the, and I felt that being like, you know what? These people don't deserve Like you this. don't deserve this information. You don't deserve mm-hmm. this part of me. Mm-hmm. And so all I did, it was about a year and a year and a couple of months ago, really having, you know, two years ago being like, I don't like anybody. I have a wall. I have <laughs> like you are there and I am here and that's the only way I'm going to survive this. And I am grateful for these opportunities and I'm grateful for this platform. And then I can't get hurt this way. Just yes. Shut just it off. shut it yeah. off. And it mm-hmm. still worked. It was fine. Mm-hmm. But part of me was just like, I'm so over it. You know, you just mm-hmm. have no excitement. And that's the worst thing when you don't care. Oh, yeah. You got to walk that, away. Yeah. <laughs> so you just kind of give up. And you just, do. Yeah. And so then I had um, this really great kind of reminder of boundary and what would that be and what would it look like if someone took one extra step to do something and I think one of the things that you guys have is the listeners that have the extra step for listening to your podcast Mm -hmm. right they're going to take the effort to listen we're in a world of busy 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 that is an incredible gift right to say I'm going to take this like like Oprah says the gift of time the gift of time I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Super Soul Sunday. Mm -hmm. Super Soul Sunday. And so I was thinking, right, the best. Um, But the other thing I'm like, I have to have another way because I'm disconnecting to my audience and my audience is why I'm here. And I don't want to give myself to people free. Like, this is just not working. And so I created a private Facebook group where they have to take one piece, one step saying, I will enter this Facebook. It was this weird thing. It wasn't even a a monetary exchange. It was a, I'm going to go into this Facebook group. Is it like where they have to answer a question before they get in? Yeah, yeah, I just said like, you have to be a good human. If you're not a good human, you're out. And the amount of, it was so powerful because I finally got to see the people that were willing, like 
I didn't even know these people existed. Because to engage on a different level. On a different mm-hmm. level. We have that too. We have uh, a little private group and, and it's it, great. It's so amazing. It's so energizing. It is. And yeah. you notice like what is taking my energy? And I wrote about this. You, w- When you walk into your bedroom to fall asleep, you look at your calendar, you look at your day, what energized me, what drained me. Mm-hmm. And I mentally checklist that. And I'm like, oh, that was so draining. I'm never going to do that again. And if you choose to do it again, that is on you. That right. is your choice. That is your path that yeah, you're going. Yeah, now that you're aware, you need to be more mindful of yeah. choosing that into so, your life. Yeah. And so I'm like, God, I just, when things start to feel draining, what I go back to the things that energize me. And it's just so interesting that the people that show up for you when they take that extra step, what they give back to you makes up for all the bad that I you you can get on those kind of quick and easy access platforms. Yeah. Yeah. So I am very entertained by the idea of attention and how we all kind of are in this world of attention with social media, obviously. But I think that that often gets confused with like the platforms that we're on. Like We don't want the attention. We want to connect with people. And I think mm-hmm. people just want to be seen. And I think people will misuse social media for something that's like, I just want to be seen, but seen for the wrong reasons or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But what do you so after all your experience w- from everything that you've done with reality TV and kind of this like there's different levels of attention that you've received or that you've mm. you know you've been on the, re- the recipient end of and now you get to kind of have the power and the decisions around the kind of attention that you receive and you're in control of that what do you feel like is like your mission your mission mm-hmm. statement with like this attention are you do you really love connecting with people because I think it can be misconstrued with people being like oh you have this platform and you just want it for superficial reasons and I don't I don't think like that's the case. Like, I don't think we're all bad on social media just because we're trying to help people mm-hmm. and we're trying to use this platform yeah. that can be an evil thing as well. Oh, God, my brain went so many places. Well, I, d- I am fascinated, too, by people that want to be famous. That's something I don't understand. But I also am not going to judge like if that's something that people like. I, but it is interesting to kind of what feel- are your thoughts around fame? I feel like that's always been a thing, though, like since humanity, you know, it's like there are certain people who have always wanted that. Mm -hmm. They just show up in the world and you see it when they're two or three. Totally. And it's so cool. And, you know, it's like they're meant to be on stage. They're meant to be singing. And it's it's beautiful. Right. When it's used in the right way of like you have a gift, you should be that big person, that brave person. You should be putting it out there. But what's interesting is like I've always felt like I don't I mean, I'm not that talented. (laughs) I have no singing talent. I mean, I'll try. Uh, I, you know, I have a speaking voice that I can podcast with and I love doing that. But that's it's not because I think I have a great voice. It's so interesting. I'm not an artist. You're not a performer. I'm not a performer. But I love, love, love growing and challenging myself and trying new things and scaring the shit out of myself. And that involves getting onto stages that are scarier than I'm used to. And so that's, I've actually noticed that my kind of growth has become this, I just personally want to see how I show up. I want to know what I would do when I get on a stage in front of 3000 people. And that has been, I get nothing from it. I get, it's amazing. But the thing I get from it is, holy shit, I just did that. I feel really Mm -hmm. proud of myself. And that's how I've always been, even with competition and CrossFit, it's like, or even the challenges, I just want to know how I show up when when the game starts. And so I think when I shift it that way, it's, I also, my brain went, the people... People have changed their perception of me. You guys have known me forever. And even people that have known me before you guys, it's like they see me again and they forget I'm human. 
Mm. Completely. Like the, it is insane how many times I've, I mean, I've been in Denver for nine years. It's like, hello. I'm like, did you think I changed because you see my life on this? What do you mean they forget you're human? Oh, like what's, the, it, what's an example? Like avoiding eye contact. Oh, okay. Being like, you think you're better. Like there's just so much insecurity where I feel like because somebody has X amount of followers or they might see a video with a couple hundred views, there is something that shifts in people's minds where no longer I, I have to prove I'm Emily still. Oh, interesting. And that's been really frustrating because i'm like okay if that's frustrating where do i do that to other people and that's where i i think the best thing when it comes to fame or followers or opportunity is like you have to understand that if they have a million followers or five million followers or a hundred thousand followers these people are they're humans humans yeah and you need to look them in the eye and you yeah. need to remember they are just like you. They're just like you. It's so, and I'm not yeah. saying I am like. Yeah. It's. No, I, don't I, even... I know what you mean. And here, I'm going to interject for a minute because, yeah. like, we're we're a small scale little podcast. We've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> we have a great following. But even on a smaller scale, I feel like I understand that so much mm. more now because when people do that to us and we're... And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Yes. People people will be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And they'll treat you with like with this fame yeah, thing. Yeah, like, I can't believe I'm really and, meeting you. And I'm like, what? And so now... I just like, I have poop under my fingernails. Yeah. Like, there's like... <laughs> guys. <laughs> like I, I will... So any guests we interview now, I'm just much more comfortable because we've interviewed like pretty heavy hitters. And, and now I'm and just like... Every time I'm just blown away by like... They're nervous they're, they're to be nervous. on the podcast. You know, it's like we're, they really we're are all just humans. Yeah. And so now I don't do the starstruck thing anymore. No. And I think it's just like, oh, you're just a person. So like, it, even if we have the potential to interview <sighs> someone quote unquote famous, I'm like, cool. I don't really get as nervous anymore. I mean, I get excited, yeah. but I'm, I'm like, they're just a human. And we have such a better conversation when you yeah. can just like level totally. with someone and see them. Yeah, it's like I'm excited because this person has a unique perspective that I'm like interested to hear. But I'm not like, oh, my gosh, they, you know, and that's just a Story. I mean, we've made. I, I mean, if it was Oprah, I'd be passed out on the floor. But you know, she's still <laughs> just a human. But yeah, um, but it's the idea we make up in our head of the person and the idealistic, yeah. you know, right. perception that we have of oh my gosh, they're just this person that we can't touch them, and yeah, it's so bizarre. Well, it's even on the flip side too, and not to make it negative, but at the, and I, that's so good that you're saying that because that's why you guys are so, your audience and you guys like. It's amazing. I love what you guys have created and your your tribe and your community. Thank you. That means well, a lot to because you are you. always you, and that's mm -hmm. what's so. But I think sometimes too, and maybe we invite it in in ways that I'm not even aware of. But the people that are reluctant to enter or even like acknowledge you until you show a side mm -hmm. of you that's weak, and this is something that I'm just like tangenting for a little bit i think you guys yeah. are gonna really like this yeah. because i feel like do it <laughs> i've been talking about this a lot in my podcast of saying there's i love animals animal behavioralism just a spirit animal spirit yeah. animals yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah. and so anytime i look at something human i'm like well where can we learn from the animals right and so i was fascinated by the way lions are with each other and the way wolves are with each other specifically females how lions are very collaborative if they're not in scarcity or famine or desert or you know there's certain times where that changes but for they're the most not part really stressed over the stress definitely and this is right, exactly what we see right animals. totally but lions, for the most part, you have a cub, I have a cub, 
all the cubs drink whatever, right, you know, right, wherever, right. whatever. Yeah. And so it's very, everyone is taking care of everyone. And then you look at wolves and how they have a hierarchy and they have a pecking order and there is only one female that is allowed to produce. And so they fight for that spot, the alpha female. Everyone talks about the alpha male when it comes to reproduction, when it comes to wolves, but it, females are exactly the same. And so there's a point where they're all collaborative until something switches and they have to choose who is in that order, who is number one. And this is how it is always because they cannot have too many mouths to feed. They're roaming, they're running, they're they're always in a scarcity mentality. And so when you look at the simplest thing of saying, well, how am I with other women? Do I meet them? And I need to almost see that vulnerability in order to relate to them, or I need to see something that's relatable uh, that allows me to be like, oh, okay. I can I can like this person. I feel like that is where all of us can work on because what happens with that is you are immediately putting someone in a pecking order. Mm-hmm. You're immediately competing. You're oh, immediately yeah. totally. sizing them up. And so when you look at like comparison, yes, always. And yeah. so when you look at it, it makes sense why I am getting that sometimes from people when they're like looking only on their phone, being like, okay, well maybe it's likes versus likes. It's so so you you start to see like, okay, that makes sense, but that is such a scarcity, horrible stop living in that space oh yeah yeah. holy shit we've probably all seen that from people who like want to be sponsors or anything and they're like oh actually well if you only get this many engagements and it's like this is such a weird numbers game benchmark to kind of compare yourself to well and i think there's also like there's i love that analogy between like the the lions and the wolves and just that um you know, the difference in the way they live their lives and the wolves are always moving around and they are always sort of in that like much more scarcity mindset, I Mm -hmm. guess you could say. Um, And I think as a mom, it's a very interesting thing to think about that like that, I think the biggest thing that I've learned in the last few years is really having a level set like right when I meet someone of like, hey, this is all that I'm able to give or like, you know, this needs to be a two-way street. This relationship needs to be a two-way street because like I don't have enough going anymore like you know my energy is elsewhere like I need this to be able to be an exchange yeah and I feel like there's a a little bit of a difference between um establishing a pecking order and versus like okay I recognize something in you and like we can kind of vibe I hate that word why did I just use that you know what I mean like we can I like vibe vibe. we can vibe (laughs) Um, and I just think it's so interesting like because what one person might see as, oh, this is a vulnerability that I can exploit and I can be the alpha in this relationship. Another person might see as like, oh, this is something we have in common. This is a vulnerability that actually makes me feel like we can connect. Mm. And Mm. I, you know, it's, I don't know. It's the difference between the type of people who look at you and see like, oh, you're somebody who I can, you know, control or get something from, or, you know, this isn't, this is a, an exchange versus, oh, this is a collaboration. I, I almost want, I don't know if I do want, but I almost want, I want the number of people, females specifically, that see a post and read it and then walk away. And I've seen this happen over and over where until I post something is like, I'm struggling. This has been hard. Just FYI, like this isn't normal. Then people are like, oh, you're human. Mm -hmm. Oh. And so that really comes back to like, it's just where do you see it in your life? Where do you do it in your own life? Mm -hmm. And where can you say like, okay, do I do that with other people? Do I see somebody that if somebody came in, if Oprah came in, would I be like, huh, like I, I need to hear her like 
give me a compliment before I'm able to like open up to her. You know, there's so many times where I'm like, well, we do it all the time. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of the flip side of like the attention that I just have really been aware of. Yeah. But I also think too, it's okay for people to be admired by you and look up to you um, and say, wow, you really inspired me. And I think that's another piece of it too, where people will come up to, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be like starstruck, but I think that there's something that's kind of like, if we get caught up in it, I think that's where it kind of just creates more of a distance. Like we want to, we're always like, Hey listeners, like reach out to us or say hi, if you see us on the street. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think it's just, it's not a bad thing, but I also think, you know, we shouldn't be able to kind of use that as a default as a way to just be like, I'm not going to talk to you or something like and that. I, but, I, yeah. And I think we get in trouble too with like the labels that we talk about. Like we talk a lot about like, you know, the alpha versus the omega personalities and introverts and extroverts and all these different things. And if you're immediately trying to identify with these binaries of like, I'm this or that, I think it can really create when you first interact with somebody and they try to identify like oh well this person's like an you know alpha introvert like Mm. immediately they expect something from your energy exchange Mm. that you now have to live up to in their minds like whether and if you don't you know now they're going to be like well you know that that's not what i expected Mm -hmm. for sure and then your whole relationship is ruined before Mm -hmm. it even Mm -hmm. has a potential to begin yeah but i think okay so so you want to inspire you want to connect to people how do you how are you living your life right now like in i know we're always Mm. evolving but kind of like what's your mission statement your words like your your values right at this moment well, it was interesting because I did just host a retreat. So I had 50 people kind of come to Estes Park and be able to, you know, Facebook is one thing, but in person is another. And the resounding theme is giving space for people to be them. Mm. I don't want to be like my goal is, I mean, it's great that I'm inspiring, but I love what Bill Gates said. I'm not here to be inspiring. Mm-hmm. I am here to be a hundred thousand percent me bringing in generational things, lifetimes, whatever it is. I am in this space right now, you know, brought into this world as the third sister, like for a reason. Like, and I think that that's so profound to just be like, holy shit, like I'm here to do something. Mm-hmm. And to say that I'm doing something to be inspiring feels like it's belittling every everything. So I'm like, I love that I'm inspiring, but all I have to come back to because inspiration can suck me down a rabbit hole where everything I do is for other people. Yeah, for right. sure. Right, and it's a reciprocal relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, if all you're there for is to inspire others, then what, what is your, right, then what is, like, your value intrinsically? For sure. And that's... So the answer should be that we are here to be our full selves, like Oprah would say. <laughs> like, like, 100% you. Just 100% yeah. me. And so yeah. I'm like, well, what is that? And, that, and I did just, <laughs> ironically, post about this yesterday, of, like, yeah, you constantly are assessing, evolving, looking at something, saying, did that feel good? Did that not feel good? Because if you don't, you're going to get sucked into that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Everyone is. And so... Well, every, no one's... The thing that we're always constantly looking for is how can I be more comfortable with myself? Hmm. So that's what people are projecting on you because yeah. they think that you're 100% okay with yourself. Hmm. So they're like, how can I do that? Yes. And I think that that's good to be, you know, who you are, to, if it shows somebody that you can have 
mermaid thighs and it shows somebody that <laughs> yeah. you can, you know, have crazy hair and not give a shit what you look like. You know, there's definitely definitely people that I feel like I've always attracted because we're so similar, right? Those are the people that I love that they're like, oh, thank you for representing me and s- showing me that I can also do big things, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, I'm still white, but like imagine if somebody never saw themselves on TV or on in a book, they're never portrayed. That's that's why it's so great to have voices in minorities and LGBT like that. People need to see themselves. Right. And so when people see themselves in me, I really love that because that's saying you also can do big things. And that's the inspiration. So I guess it's saying no limits. Everyone no can, limits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, I, I really sat down and like thought about this. So 2019 is the year of the beaver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just means... Love that you know that. <laughs> in, in what? Not in Chinese. No, 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 no. Like in my own life. Oh, great. <laughs> I was like, I thought yeah. it was like the year of the pig. <laughs> yeah. Great. So every year has like a animal, right? Of course. Uh, and I really wanted it to be the year of the lion, but that was definitely not the case. It uh-huh. was the year of the beaver because it was saying, I have to bring my team together. I have to work. It's going to be hard and gnarly, but I have... I have not found the divide between what I really want to do and what I've created. Um, Because what I've created, I love. I love everything that I'm doing. I love problem solving. I love simply saying this is a this is a gap in the industry i want to fill it but then all of a sudden you just become micromanaging and juggling balls and being like here we go let's try to keep these up 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 and it becomes exhausting and so for a while it was like i'm the entrepreneur and this is i'm the business owner and blah 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 i'm like no actually i'm not i just see a problem and i want to fix it and then i want to give opportunities whether that's jobs whether that's uh careers whether that's being able to pay somebody that also wants to do this for a living. What do I ultimately want? I want to provide opportunities for other people, but I want to keep creating. I I have eight more ideas. I have eight more things. I I want to be outside in nature and I want to- Creating is what makes you happy. I want to grow a garden. I want to, you know, there's so many times where I'm like, I, everything that I'm doing right now, I hate. So ultimately it's like, having those hard conversations, being really honest, refusing to identify with the things that feel really good for your ego, uh, but ultimately aren't for you. And so I don't know what it looks like, but I do know that I have just figured out if I want and if I need, you can always pivot. And that's for business, but it's also for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so my identity right now is still TBD. It's just do more things that you really love, Emily. And that, you know, that that's a certain list. But it, to say, you know, I love working and mm-hmm. that's true, but I also love not being tied to my work and so quickly as an entrepreneur your work is who you are Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden we're back in the same cycle of this is my identity let me be a let me do i gotta sell i gotta sell Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah so it's saying like tone it back build the things that you love to build so that you can just be you and that just takes a lot of learning and a lot of working and I don't know if I even answered that question. No, I love it. Yeah, and we're gonna, this is my last question because we gotta get on to the next interview but I love the concept of thinking about social media. We have to take in all this information all the time so how do you do that in your life where you're not you're taking in but you're also realizing that you have to put a limit on what you're taking in and then also kind of like how you're managing it back. Like managing up so to speak. Yes, well uh, limits are a necessity on your phone. So screen time and having honest conversations of like, oh, I feel really sad and overwhelmed. I'm like, look at your screen time. 
how many times were you scrolling? Like the amount of people scrolling on Instagram mindlessly, your, your thumb has a na- has a brain and you have to almost hide that app from yourself and be really. <laughs> I, just, I just pictured like a little actual like drawing a face on your thumb to like remind yeah, you. Like, like those little monsters that you put on top of your finger. Yes. But the brain. Yes. Yeah. It's so mindless. And so as soon as you feel, I, I mean, it's just I have very strong limits. Like I do not let myself get sucked down in the rabbit hole. If I see myself scroll more than twice, I'm like, nope, I'm out. I have have to to be aware. Yeah, Yeah. you are constantly aware of it because I think it's something that we all do and it's all it's becoming normalized. But I refuse to say it's normal. I will call people out at the gym. uh, Like, I'm awesome. You have. Yeah. Like my coaches, guys, get the F off your phone. Like, go do something. Go be outside. Go look at your look in people's eyes. Like, it's my biggest pet peeve. And I know it's because I also am afraid that that we're all going to become this. Right. Yeah. 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 But it's just, oh, God, for me. Being more human and that a lot like setting limits. Having a relationship with other things other than your phone. So I've, I've lately how I've been putting that into practice is just whenever I start doing that, I'm like, what are you getting out of this right now? Mm. Um, what is it giving back to you? What are you searching for? What are you searching for? Like, okay, that was fun. Like, I guess I got some information, but I'm constantly asking myself, like, what are you getting out of this? Mm. And for me, the honest answer is like, I feel like I'm going to find something that's productive for me. And I'm never feeling productive after the fact. So I'm like, okay, well, you got to figure that out. <laughs> um, or you feel like you're like a FOMO almost. Mm. It's like this fear totally of Totally FOMO. Out. I am always like, well, what if like that one more post that I didn't see like is going to change my life? Exactly. It's like, that's... <laughs> I missed that one viral video about a cat and I really wish I would have like, seen it. If like, only I no. would have read like one more Instagram post, it would have solved all my problems. And it's never, ever, ever, ever something no. that you missed out on. Ever. I know. It's yeah. never that profound, you yeah. guys. Yeah. But it's also, it's judgment free. Mm-hmm. Like we all, we all do, do it. it. We all do it. <laughs> we all do it. So I think it's just being really... Uh, honest, like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I did do that. I did do way too much today. So I'm going to leave my phone in the other room. I'm going to yeah. walk. I do. I love walking, which has been a huge piece. Um, and then I think it's just like my next piece. Honestly, I'm about to launch a book. And so that's something I'm really proud of because I'm like, this is a book with no period. Mm. This is, It's called The Process. And mm-hmm. it's just saying this is how I process things. This is how I create things. This is how I do things. And I think that that's something that I... I, I'm a it's a poet mm-hmm. a poetry book so it's something that I'm really excited about seeing where it takes me because it's so different than what I'm doing and I'm really needing different yeah well I thank you for your creativity as someone who's known you over the years and mostly through social media too we've had like very limited like in-person contact but I feel like we know each other very well <laughs> um just on a spiritual we we travel astrally yes you know we, we travel do. astrally. Oh, um no. and so uh <laughs> but I just want to thank you for your honesty and I think that um, it is from someone who true. I do get inspiration from you because mm. I love watching other women create. Mm. So that's what you are for me is I, I love watching people create because I love to create. And so it kind of keeps that momentum going. So mm. that's kind of what you serve for me. Just so you Thank know, it's you. like, I think I'm probably not alone in that sentiment of just, it's really inspiring. It's Thank inspiring, you. but from a place of like, oh yeah, we need to keep this momentum going. Mm. And I think more women need to find that voice within themselves to do that. Ugh, and that's all I can ask for. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question that's that's it so thank you mm-hmm. cheers um tell our <laughs> listeners where we can where they can find you i know they a lot of them already follow you but anything yeah. new that you're doing and all your socials and all your businesses yes them. La- well since last time we talked i have a gym right? yeah you do ah! 
<laughs> so Platform Strength here in Denver, which has been amazing. It's so fun. Um, but Meathead Hippie Podcast, which you guys are about to be on again, <laughs> which I love. So excited. Um, and yeah, I think it's just, you know, Emily Schramm. That's kind of the best the best hub. All right. They, this is so this fun. This was so great. Thank you, House of Pod. Thank and you, House of Pod and Cat. Yes. Signing off from the HOP. <laughs> <In Denver. laughs>